In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Death. Now I am going to frighten you. No, I'm not. Well, a little. I know I've talked about it before. You must admit it's a topic that is not easily exhausted in a 10-minute filming session, so we'll go back to it from time to time, take a little look at it, okay? Because you are going to. You do know that. There's, there really is no way out of this. I'm sorry, I don't know. You have to laugh at this. I mean, you go mad. We do need to talk about it. We need to talk about it a fair bit but from time to time, defines life. And you see, I think that one of the reasons I want to go back to it from time to time is that I think a lot of our talk about it is superficial and a bit disrespectful, a bit glib, a bit insolent, a bit cheeky. I think we Irish particularly are very proud of the fact rightly, that we have held on to some ancient customs that are in fact very healthy, contrary to all modern usage, certainly urban usage in the Western world. We don't get the thing over with as antiseptically as some other developed cultures. In spite of everything we held on to the wake, we use the funeral parlours that came to us from the States and from England. But we didn't go over to them completely. We tend to just use them as part of the grieving process. We've held on to that three-day approach, which is intelligent. It doesn't go on too long, but it gives you a bit of time. And while COVID has made a bit of a banjax of it, we've, we've pretty much held on to that animal warmth, that pressing together that happens at death. Where in the words of a professor I used to have, I think he was quoting Chesterton, the cords of Adam bound us totally, too closely together, even though we mightn't even like each other. Today you, tomorrow in my house. So, <clears throat> No, I think we need to talk about it again. I really do. And even about the Irish wake, and, and here's the thing. There is no subject so profound that humanity will not find a way to cheapen it and to convince itself that it has understood it. When in fact what it has got used to doing is not looking down. We live on the edge of a cliff. And that, the solid ground, that is, that is the world we know and beyond is literally what the Greeks called the metaphysical, the metaphysis, the beyond this physical world, which some philosophers nowadays won't even condescend to address. And if we knock something over the edge of that and we try to listen, you can't hear when it hits the ground. We live on the edge of that and we get used to not looking down. 
And so we have all these these glib sayings, marvellously lampooned in The Sopranos. Do you remember that moment in The Sopranos where they're mechanically saying at the at the the wake of Tony's mother, who is a truly, absolutely terrifying human being. So this is an immensely complex ritual that's happening with a whole load of emotions going on and really enough emotional charge uh, to... I mean, if you did a match, you'd flatten half the neighbourhood. And Tony is there mechanically saying, at least she didn't suffer. At least she didn't suffer. At least she didn't suffer. I remember uh, entertaining my my grandparents greatly when I came back from serving. Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't even old enough to serve the, the requiem mass. I came back from being at a at a at a, a funeral, and afterwards we had the burial out. And I remember it was pouring rain for that burial, and the old woman, whose I think it was either her husband or her brother, had died. She was saying mechanically as one neighbour after another came up to her at the graveside, couldn't be helped, couldn't be helped, couldn't be helped, couldn't be helped. And so I kept repeating it when I got back home. My mother was outraged, but my grandfather, uh, who didn't like that neighbour, almost died with laughter. Okay, he was massively entertained by it. But it couldn't be helped. And yet... There is such an enormity in that phrase. I mean, Homer could have said that phrase. The Greeks would have loved that phrase. That's the cliff. That's the edge. And you couldn't be helped. If you come across a film which is based on a screenplay by the uh, incomparable Cormac McCarthy, a film starring Michael Fassbender and, and several others. I think Cameron Diaz, maybe, I can't remember. Several other absolutely superb uh, actors and actresses. Brad Pitt is absolutely wonderful in it. Very dark film. Very dark. But where would you be going with McCarthy? I knew it was McCarthy after, after about uh, 15 minutes, even though I didn't recognise the the title, and in fact, it's not based on any novel he wrote. He wrote the screenplay, The Counselor. Got a bit panned on Rotten Tom- Tomatoes, I think. Uh, a bit unfairly, I felt. McCarthy's writing is dense. It's heavy, yeah. My goodness, he's some fantastic lines. But it's where the gangster says. is very urbane, very polished and well-read gangster. Quite a terrifying man in it. And uh, one of the comments he makes in it is, is uh, you know, we love these characters because this is the modern age's equivalent of allowing the devil to have his say. But of course, apparently we don't believe in the devil anymore, so we have to call him something else. And the devil, a.k.a. this gangster, he says, when a life comes to an end, he says, that is the end of a whole world. But you must understand, he said, that the extinction of the whole world is a concept that defies all human resignation. There is no resignation to the end of the world. 
And it reminds me of a comment Dr. Johnson made when, when it was said to him that uh, it's in Boswell's Life of Johnson, which, by the way, I never managed to finish, so I'm not being as pretentious as you were about to say. The comment is made to him that so-and-so made a great showing at Tyburn. He was a condemned criminal, a highwayman. I think it was a highwayman. And he had put up a great show uh, on, on the scaffold. And Johnson commented, he said, it's often the case with these people, but he said, is that courage, he said, or does a man just not want his friends to think badly of him? What is courage at the end of the day? A concept that no resignation can encompass. So I'm sounding a warning note about the wake. I remember being at a wake one night and everyone was so entuned with the presence of the corpse and they were so achieving closure and all this crap. Okay, how do you get closure if you love somebody? I'm going to say to all the broken hearts out there, you, you rejoice in your brokenness, rejoice in your humanity. These are the scars that we wear with pride. We end up like broken old alley cats, missing an eye and an ear chewed off, like an old warrior of the streets, because we have loved. How do you get closure on that? You don't get closure on that. The travelling people in our culture get a load of criticism for fighting and drinking at, at, at funerals. But that's not, a, that, that's not an activity that's exclusive to the travelling community. They're a very conservative community. That was common in all the, whole, all the old peasant societies. That was common in the old Irish peasant culture. It was common once to everyone in the time of Homer. It's as intelligent a response to what has happened as anything else. It's as intelligent a way to cope with living on the side of a cliff as anything else, to get drunk and to fight. It's a perfectly rational response. All right, I know any guard listening is probably fit to choke me. The guards being the Irish police, by the way, because I know some Americans, some American friends watch this. And fair enough, you have to run a society. You can't have people just going off and causing a riot every time they have to bury a loved one. Okay, I accept that. But you listen to what I'm saying. I remember being at an Irish wake. I think we can be too self-congratulatory about this. I think we have shown a lot of human intelligence in the way we've held on to the wakes and we've held on to some quite ancient customs in trying to come to terms with death. But listen to me, listen to me. Are you listening to me? So if you've gone off to put on the kettle, you come straight back. You hear me? There is no resignation to this. So you stop that hubris, as the, as the Greeks would have called it, that pride that's in you. You don't get so big on your high horse with this. Not with death. No. There is no resignation to this. You can decide to accept the will of God which is mysterious and beyond your ken. Yes, I totally respect that. And we can really only do it perfectly with grace. And by the way, I do respect the resignation of the intelligent atheist who says, I, I, I'm not resigning myself to what I cannot fully possibly understand. I and, and you remember that character in, in Ingrid Bergman's film, The Seventh Seal, wonderful film. You remember at the end of it where the squire to the night played by some great Swedish actor and I can't remember his name Max von Sydow plays the knight and, and he says to death I'll go with you but it's not fair it's not right death says nothing there is no resignation to this so I'm telling you now 
that if you have felt coming up to the death of a loved one or even contemplating your own extinction, which is practically is practically incomprehensible, if you have felt a wild need to take strong drink and run down the street without your clothes on and, and get into a fight, I'm not recommending any of this in your own kitchen, by the way. If you have felt that, you have felt nothing more than a perfectly reasonable response of a thinking, loving, warm, normal human being to what is unspeakable. I was at a wake once where I swear to goodness, I swear to this, I saw it. I saw them leave a plate of biscuits on the corner of the coffin. Mm, That's a bit cheeky. And yes, they did. I saw it. They were coconut creams. I love coconut creams. I'm not wrong. That's people who have uh, forgotten their place. The old Irish people knew what happens when you do that. The Greeks knew it too. The gods teach it to you. No, no, the wake and our Irish way of dealing with death, I think, has tremendous emotional intelligence. But don't get too big in your boots. Death is a concept beyond all human comprehension. And there is a certain humility that is necessary beforehand. We don't resign ourselves to death. We manage to keep a dry pair of pants. A bit of style. I respect it. I respect that totally. As long as you know what you're at. But if you have stopped respecting the mystery. If you think you're in charge of the whole thing. Because you have the guts to pick your own coffin and pay for your own grave. Oh, look, fair enough, my friend, I'm not mocking you. But you're in terrible danger. There is something here that doesn't command your pathetic attempts at resignation. It demands your all. And now that I've spoiled your evening completely, God bless you. God keep you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.